0: Greetings readers,
1: this is the Recap Book Chat. We are thrilled that you're with us, because reading illuminates your life like a star. As J.R.R. Tolkien said, little by little, one travels far. And
0: welcome to the Recap Book Chat. We are so glad that you stopped by to join us today. We are recapping. I, I loved it. it. It's called The Last Green Valley, and it's a Mark Sullivan novel, and he's the one that did Beneath a Scarlet Sky, which was really good. But I will have to say, I do think this one beats that one. So, well, um, that
1: was that's what I get for reading Amazon reviews because that that actually someone said in the Amazon review that uh, they liked this one better than Beneath. A Scarlet Sky. So I have to. Do you? What do you? What are your thoughts on that? Well, they're different. So I, I couldn't really. You know, this one, I, I don't know. It, it's good, but you know, I'm thinking he's getting better as an author. Every mm-hmm. book he writes, when you think about it, he's talented. He's very, very talented. talented.
0: So, who did you hear this? Where did you hear about this one from?
1: Nowhere. After I, it- I just, yeah, I was on Amazon. And because I ordered Beneath a Scarlet Sky, this came up. Okay. And it's been in our book stack for a while, but with the trouble in Ukraine, then I said, well, maybe we ought to read this.
0: Yes. So this, to, to set the stage, this book takes place uh, late March 1944, and it's when Stalin is, is pushing into Ukraine. It, it was. It's, at, at this time, it's uh, Nazi-occupied, I guess. And so the, the main characters have lived a very tumultuous life even up until this
1: point. Because he I- flashes back to 1932 uh, Stalin. So you get to see Stalin, uh, but, but he goes, you know, that he did that before, like he jumps around.
0: Yes. So And so basically the, the problem is these, these main characters who live in Ukraine are like, well, do we stay... And Stalin's coming, which we've lived under him, and it was, they almost died. He starved almost all of Ukraine. So it's like, do we stay, we know that he's coming, or do we take our chances and follow with the Germans? Because they actually, the Germans said, because these people, Emil and Adeline, the main characters, that they had German heritage that they could prove, they said uh, they would offer him protection going uh, west uh, towards Germany Poland. And um, Poland. So that's kind of this, that's where we began the story.
1: The Martels uh, are uh, the mother and father of two young boys, Will, age four and a half, and Waldemar, which they call Walt. So they call him Will and Walt, but they had German names, and he's yes. six and a half. But uh, Emil is 32 and Adeline is 28. And they are. You know, they're leaving their home and all that, but I, I, then you meet, you, you see that she's the more positive one. She's always positive, usually looks at the glass half full, and he looks at the glass half empty, but here's the thing, and this happens to teachers all the time, you, know, you wonder about a kid, and then when you meet the parents, you're like, oh, I get it, <laughs> I get it. <laughs> well, when you meet Emile's uh, mom, oh my goodness, she's a piece of work. Yes, She's like the ne- most negative character I ever met in literature. Would you say that?
0: But you must say, too, she, what she lived through was horrific as well. Like, she went through... Uh,
1: but no more than um, Adeline's mother went no, through. No, no, it's all a choice. But I'm just
0: saying that she's, yeah.
1: she's... That definitely had a had a role in shaping who she became. I think, I think. Mark mark sullivan calls her venomous at one time but it's funny if you go on and you meet lydia is uh, adeline's mom she's going with them she's 54 and then um she's her older sister but she was hit in the head kicked in the head by a horse at age 15 and she's kind of um off. she she's a little different but really optimistic and she's she's kind of a comedic relief because when uh Emile's mother says some cutting remark she says well aren't you aren't you miss sunshine <laughs> or something <laughs> like that so uh, and she's very wise yes and but, and and, there, and his her dad went to siberia and never came back and what's
0: fascinating about this story that Mark is telling is that it is a true story. Like he has met with the Martell family. They have actually and, gone. And even went.
1: This, yeah. Went to the places. To the places. Visited these historical or these
0: places where they have journey. I think they did the journey actually. They, they went back and
1: um,
0: yeah. traveled along the way this family's way West. So it's, It's really a true story, but he said there's elements
1: you know that he had to fill the gaps in, because Um, he almost just think about this: if the Martell boys, if the sons had died, there would be no link. So mm -hmm. he got it just in time because um, the whole the story is entitled "Last Green Valley" because this is what Adeline tells the kids: "We're going to go to this green valley. We're going to settle there." So that vision keeps them going during this. I mean, at one point. They are going in their wagon between uh, the between the Nazis and the in uh, Stalin. The, I guess what do you call the the Russians? The Soviets. Yeah, yeah, they're going through the middle of a, ba- of a battle, and yeah. I mean, and it really scars the older boy. He never really got over that. And he, you think you know how kids always say people say kids are resilient, but I mean, can you imagine going through a battle no. like that? But it was uh, his. Um, I, because in, in my little um, clockwork reader thing, it says, most memorable scene, and I have it packed full. I mean, there's like, it's packed full. But that was one of them, trapped between two armies. And then um, on, along the way, they meet that cor- Corporal Jorge, who wants to be a beekeeper. But he's also been hit in the head. And so he kind of likes her sister. He was hit in the head by mortar and survived. But And he's a real positive person, and he's know. a real person, and that's what's fascinating, too,
0: is that he's the one that is, is instrumental trying, instrumental in teaching Emil it, a mill that it's really important what you believe. And, yeah. and you know, if you, if you believe you're not going to make it through the battle, you're not, really. Because he or was in a
1: trench, he was in the trench with the guy who said he was going to die, and he did die, and he said he died because he said he was going to die.. Mm-hmm. And I have so many quotes from him because he just kept everything that came out of his mouth. You know, like, oh, that's good. Oh, that's good. But basically, you you get what you seek. If you seek something, then he said, that's what you're gonna end up getting. So, which
0: really ties with Doctor Leaf going back to our I know previous. It's like that mindset, and that's what was fascinating about the story. It's fascinating that it's true. It's fascinating that people survive this. It's fascinating the um, the ground that they covered, the amount, the, the trials that they faced and kept going. And it goes back to the purpose. You know, she was talking about having a purpose. And um, and that was just, and that mindset. And I think where a lot of people that were dying around um, this family were, they they had lost their purpose. They had lost they didn't really have a, a goal. They didn't have anything to, to push them forward. It was just like, well, you know, my life is, there's nothing to dream about. They could stop dreaming. And I think that's so important to dream. And like, how'd you say his name again? Hor- uh,
1: Jorge. Jorge. And one time uh, Emil meets him when they're in a prison camp. And he said, really, Jorge is right. Because he said, all you need for a good life is a cheerful, grateful mood clearly envisioned heartfelt dreams and willingness to chase it with unwavering belief in its eventual realization. Mm. And that's what he tells Emil. He said, well, Emil says, well, a lot of dreams don't come true. He said they quit. They quit yeah. too soon. You, you can't, I mean, here's, he's had all these years. He wants to be a beekeeper. He never wavers on that. But at one point he says, always make sure that your goal. Oh, he says, love, life like it's a miracle every day every moment and dream and and you need a dream that helps others and the divine will hear you well see he thought honey helps everybody and he said even when you get stung it makes you stronger <laughs> <laughs> i mean it was good you know? yes it, it and then you know emil at one point he you don't know because that's how they build suspension. the author leaves us out so we won't say anything either but there's something that's a dark secret that he's even keeping from uh, adeline and she knows it but she says she's just giving him room so he'll tell her when he, but he's he's she doesn't, carrying she, doesn't this. she doesn't know the secret
0: she just knows he's keeping something from her
1: yeah just to knows, clarify yes yeah she knows that there's something wrong and and he's struggling but Uh, I think we can tell that to get a sense of his mother, one time uh, the mother, his mother, Emil's mother, her name's Caroline actually drank some milk that they had, it was hard to get. This was during Stalin's first starvation mode and they had needed it for their baby. And they finally got some and it was for cream for the baby and Caroline drank it. Yeah. And so, I mean, so Adeline, she cannot hardly stand her mother-in-law, and they're all traveling together. So, you know, traveling together in the middle of a war, and you know, and but I, I think
0: what I learned that I learned a lot from this book. But I did too. I learned. I mean, I learned. I really didn't. I knew Stalin wasn't good, but I didn't know how bad Stalin actually was. And I'm, and I'm still. I need to research more. I'm like, why, like. It, Why is he with the big three? Why is he with wh- yeah. Churchill and Roosevelt because and he Stalin? Was,
1: he was just as bad, I feel like, as the... Well, Adeline says uh, uh, that he was worse. Yeah. He says Stalin was worse than Hitler. She says that. And she lived it. Yes. So I mean,
0: obviously, because they chose to go with... Which they didn't like the Nazis either. They were... It, it was... At one time, Emil had to take a, kind of a Nazi vow, and it made him throw up, like, later. Yeah. Just but he did it to protect his family. And so they, they are, it's just amazing to me that they were caught in the middle of this, of these two uh horrible dictators, you know, and mm-hmm. they, and they just want to be free. And it's amazing to me, like, you know, I will, I will say at the end of the story, I did feel really proud and grateful to be an American. And like, I just thought, you know, like the Statue of Liberty, like people coming over oh, yeah. and seeing that, like what a beacon of hope. And, mm-hmm. and to think that we just take that for granted and yeah. we don't really think about it and, and how some people have risked everything for free to, get here. to mm-hmm. get here. And so yeah. that, I, I learned that. And then for, I think, Adeline, she was, I, I learned from here, there's always something to be grateful for. And mm-hmm. at the end of the day, after they've been going through the middle of bullets and,
1: you know, she would always pick out something to be grateful for. And, well, I, and she it, it had flashbacks to Mrs. Cantor and Mrs. Cantor had a great line because, and I think, I think Ms. Cantor is the reason Adeline was so positive. I don't think it was her mother. I think no, it was Ms. Cantor.
0: I agree. She, and, she was a positive influence and she was a, and, an employer.
1: Yes, and she, was, she helped her just change her mindset, but Miss Cantor said, there is a safe place in the eye of every storm. Mm-hmm. And then also at her, her, the end of the book, you get this quote from Adeline, and it's kind of like a, a mixture of her and Miss Cantor going together because Miss Cantor is the one that t- wanted her to leave her. He, she loved Adeline because Adeline can cook really well. And she loved her, her being there, but she knew she needed to go and uh, get married to Emil and all that. And she told her that, you mm-hmm. know. But this is the, the quote that just, I, of course, I underline a ton. But this one, is this not wonderful? Don't chew on the bad things that happen to you, dear. Try to see beauty in every cruelty. It sets you free. Forgive hurt if you want to heal a broken heart. Try mm-hmm. to be grateful for every setback. Or tragedy, because by living through them, you become stronger. I I see the hand of God in that, and that was on four thirty. That's near the end of the book. That's on the last page.
0: I think Miss Cantor said one of my quotes that I really like too. That I think Adeline quotes again is that um, life doesn't happen to you; it happens for you, and so.
1: I, I thought that
0: was powerful too. That you know, because a lot of times we are just like, oh, the, all this is happening to me. But like, it goes along with what you just said. It's to seeing the good and the bad, and that's and that's where you see all this is for your good, and you can get something out of everything.
1: That's and beneficial. Even, even before Emil meets up with Jorge again, uh, he's in the prison camp and he's doing it. So, uh I'll, Adeline's had her effect on him because they're getting all this, and it's terrible. I mean, it's it's awful. But he says other men complain, but Emil closed his eyes and imagined every meal was cooked by Adeline, mm. and he was he's eating this trash stuff, and he's seeing her finest schnitzel and fresh berries and all that. Complain, and he mm. and he said, I will work hard and keep my mouth shut, and no allies means no betrayals, and he was surviving Mm. you know and people were dying around him all the time and this reminded me his time in the prison camp just so closely connected i thought with louie um in unbroken his time on the raft yeah because it's the mindset once again the people around him didn't have that and they're dying they're dropping like flies Mm mm-hmm I mean, it, it, the way he described that was, so you're in this room with all these people the, and you have bunks, you have no mattress, you're sleeping on wood and it's so humid and the top bunk is dripping on the bottom. Mm-hmm. I was like, was that not, I'm like, oh. And it, but it's, it's like 20 below outside. Yeah.
0: So it's very, yeah, no, it's just a breeding and then
1: disease and all of that. So and. Oh, I was going to just one other thing about Mark uh, on this um, page 275. It's right when he's describing that. He uses five verbs in a sentence. We think we always say adjectives describe, but listen to this sentence. It's, it's amazing. It says, Emil couldn't decide which was worse, being outside in the raging sun or in the dank hole of the bunk room, crammed in with all those stinking men, snoring, moaning, farting, weeping, and crying for deliverance in their sleep so do the verbs paint a picture yes they do oh yeah i never i never
0: i I didn't catch that those were verbs like but you're right
1: i'm just like five verbs in a sentence well done my friend (laughs) Golly!
0: you feel like you've gone through it with him like he he paints he's really good at
1: painting painting this picture picture of what it was like it's like a movie going, and then Emil's trying to tell uh, Adeline at one time, and this was at the beginning, why he's kind of more negative, and he said, it's like I have a storm in my head. Mm-hmm. It's a dark storm, and it's in his head, but like you said, they'd been starved by Stalin, they had eaten grass, cut their throats, it cut their throats, it swelled their bellies, they'd done that. They'd had mm-hmm. such a terrible life with Stalin, and here we're, yeah. We're taking a chance on these guys who, he had a history with some of those, which it was, I mean, you're like, oh, oh and when you meet him again, you're like, oh, my goodness. Oh. Yeah. But uh, one, her, okay, and we forgot to mention his sister, he has a sister named Reese, Emil does, and she's 10 years younger. And she says at one point, cause she's kind of embarrassed by her mom too. And she says, I think she doesn't like people because she doesn't like herself. Mm. And I thought, Whoa, that's true today. Mm -hmm. And on Reese, I found it was
0: interesting that she, they kept saying how Reese is kind of this free spirit and free and does this. And um, throughout the book, something happens. And, um, I, I was kind of surprised that I, I don't really think she was a free spirit. I felt like Adeline was more free. Oh, um, definitely. Because, well, yep. You know what I'm I feel like Reese was probably more of a rebel who was just doing things to go against the grain, not actually, be, you know what I'm saying? Like
1: She was, was impulsive. She,
0: impulsive, yeah.
1: Yeah, but that's not a free spirit. I agree with you. I agree with you. And I kind now, of
0: tied that back to, remember the Live No Lies," where he's talking about the different types of freedom. And we see that as freedom, but really, Adeline oh, is what mm-hmm. it true didn't freedom. seem like It's True freedom, yeah, and
1: that's what led to freedom, you know. And for that those mindset, people, you know, when I think she thought she thought of herself as a free spirit because she could she would do things out, out of the ordinary. But you're you're so right because Adeline really is the the one that's really free. And and for those and of you who want the debt. Da- emil's dad johan finally tells her off it's worth reading the book just to get to that (laughs) (laughs) it's really worth finally tells the mom he tells the mom off not reese yeah no yeah caroline finally
0: but and and i think i think reese is a product of her of the mother she's very imposing and so i think that's probably just the natural thing to go against that when when someone's trying to hover or suffocate i think reese is just a product of that doing the you know breaking free of that type thing but i'm just saying like the our american idea of freedom is you get to do whatever you want it's kind of what race did and uh, that's not like really biblical freedom you know which is where you 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 have boundaries and stuff like that and um and that's more what adele followed and
1: i feel like that her life the- adeline yeah she she did go by adela too she had just like a russian novel it had people had different names oh adeline in, sorry yeah yes but i think he calls her adela some so they have like pet names uh, also in this book there's a there's a picture book called molly banneke and in that molly banneke um she's a dairy maid and the cow knocks over the milk and so uh, they think she stole the milk and they put her before trial uh it's in um, great britain and they're going to kill her and in that if you can read the bible they won't kill you and she read the bible it saved her life well in here because adeline had read crime and punishment it saved her life that book actually saved her life i mean she was uh did you, did you catch that? Did it say oh, for life? Oh,
0: I, I didn't catch that that was, uh, but yeah, I did. She used that, there was a, a man that was about to attack her and she was able to kind of uh, use some, use
1: the knowledge of that in a way to convince him. So yeah, wow. I
0: forgot about that
1: analogy uh, what an analogy because she said it will go ahead and kill me <laughs> it will it will be like a cancer in your brain like it was to russ called the crime and punishment i said wow who yeah. would think about that under yeah. but she and she had a knife you know but she really wasn't afraid no i mean well, she was as far yeah, as as far in as the as moment frozen
0: yeah. yes you no know. she was she you had to use and and but the whole thing is a roller coaster ride you think oh this is and I remember thinking I think I think they're through the oh this is this is another thing I'll learn I'm not even halfway through the book and the war is about to end and I'm just like okay like things will get better once the war's over right mm-hmm. I'm just like oh that's I'm not even True. halfway through the book so I'm like what is the rest of the book gonna be about well I, newsflash I was like the people in that area a lot of a lot of things got way worse when the uh-huh. war ended and I was just, that was something that wasn't on my radar. I was just like, Oh, you know, the war's over. Everything goes is great. And I did not realize. So this uh-huh. is, this book was, Mark does a good job about showing kind of the, even the aftermath too. Like, I mean, you're kind of, in. Yes. You, you catch the end of it. Um, but then you you see the aftermath and how it affected people's lives and just it's just the cruelty that continued
1: and the starvation and all of that it was just horrible so the and the history books don't tell you that, and that the history no. books don't tell you that every uh e- that the Soviets gave their soldiers a bottle of vodka and that they were they called it rape night and they raped these women well nobody's that wasn't in the history books no, and so every Saturday night the women would go hide they would
0: try to not be a- seen yeah not be seen and so i mean
1: but that's horrible 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 and you don't yeah i've never heard that before i mean and you you, and i've read other world war ii books but i hadn't heard that and and i like the way he does put people in there that have some kindness there's you you have a lot of cruelty but then there'll be someone kind and that's what the beekeeper Jorge. he is one of those kind ones and there's a moment with uh emil that's really pivotal because he tells him that he was meant to be a builder and actually what martel the name means he's meant to be a builder and he said you may be good at farming that doesn't mean that's what you were meant to be and and then he didn't even think about that but he was actually built putting concrete together building this hospital because when they took him to this prison camp that was a a, I mean, they were just getting ready to leave, and they took Emil. And, I mean, her boys and Adeline, they're just like, uh, oh, oh, you know. And they took him, and they took him in this city of 100,000 people uh, with, their, like, 2,000 prisoners. And they said, when you get this rebuilt, you can leave. Yeah. And then they start dying, and they have all this stuff. But and, I, and that was to
0: pay, they said, to pay for the sins that Germany did on. But the funny, I mean, the ironic thing, not funny, was that uh, Emil, again, was caught in the middle. Like, he didn't, yeah. he didn't do the atrocities, and yet he's being punished as a German for doing them. And, you know, so I think that's another good lesson. And don't always assume, you know, I think there's a lot of, uh, ex- especially when it comes to, like, the cultures and different things like that. Like,
1: sometimes we assume a lot. Well, so, you would assume someone is a prisoner of war if they were fighting. Yeah. You kind of mm-hmm. think they would be fighting, but he wasn't. And it was in there that he meets uh, Jorge, the beekeeper, dr- the dreamer. of, uh, And he tells him that God's primary language is not prayer and thoughts. And I thought that was interesting. Mm-hmm. And then, so he says, well, what is God? What are, what is, what are God's primary languages? And he tells him, it's your mo- emotions, especially love. And uh, he said, your gratefulness being courageous being calm god and i thought that goes in the bible where it says pray without ceasing people you know we can't understand how is that possible mm-hmm. but really if it's what you're doing i think that that makes it clear and he has all these different names for god that's kind of funny he calls him the universal intelligence uh divine one i mean he's he gives all the uh, credit to God but he said before he was hit with the mortar he was a real negative person and I then think after that he changed him he real he he wasn't a Christian and he became one and he also his I think he said the
0: I wrote that one down the praying was praying was where you talk to God and meditation was where you listen so I thought that's interesting because yeah mm-hmm. praying is when
1: you're talking but we don't do a lot of listening so yeah I was like that's I think that's interesting. And, and I guess your emotions is where you're living it out. You're showing that love and you're showing courageousness and all that kind of stuff. But I'm thinking, yeah, when I found out how much it changed him with the mortar, I was thinking, maybe we ought to pop uh, Emil's mom with a little mortar there. Maybe that would help. But no, I don't
0: know. All right.
1: Yeah. I'm sure. I don't we, think I'm so. Sure, I'm sure the dad <laughs> dreamed of that many times. <laughs> well, and it and it was sad that they traveled together for so far and then they split up. Yeah. But he does a good job of rip- wrapping up the loose ends. It, you know, there's really, you don't have a lot of questions at the end because he pretty much covers them, you know. No, and there's even
0: pictures of the real family at the end, which I thought was very interesting. And I, I, pre- I appreciate that. I appreciate all the work he did and the map. It, it's there's phenomenal, even a map? Phenomenal. Yeah. And, you know, I really related to Adeline because my boys are close in age to hers when they have left. Yeah. And so it was, I was like with them in that wagon. Cause I'm just like, that just seems almost It impossible. seems so real.
1: Cause then they'd say, I need to go to the bathroom. I need to go to yeah. the bathroom. I said, that is kid. I mean, and yeah. they couldn't stop. They're in the middle of a war. Yeah. They're going through a battle here. And then she said, well, just use the jar. And then Emil says, well, make sure use the kitchen jar. They had that one jar. You would use the jar. That's when they had a wagon and you know, yeah. it's like, well, don't get that mixed up. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they just, um, Uh, you know
0: grew together the other day i like literally finished reading this and i was outside and i was watching my boys they're playing in the mud they're riding their bicycles around and i was just i i just was so incredibly grateful and i was just struck by wow like we're free and this is what little boys should be doing they shouldn't be in wagons you know getting bullets going past their head trying to Mm. escape all this and i was just incredibly grateful so i'm grateful to mark sullivan for helping me realize like how good i really have it you know Mm -hmm. because that's something we take for granted so often and so i think it's well, that's what reading
1: does does to you really Mm -hmm. it broadens your scope like in in one line caroline she said uh, it is not hard to find something bad in life but on the other hand the beekeeper would say it's not hard to find something good so yeah i mean he did a great job of balancing the the bad and the good and there's always something to be grateful for. Yes. And there, there were, you know, um, I guess if you had to, if I had to pick, I would probably go with this one over the Beneath, beneath the Scarlet Sky because of the family element in it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think that that, you know, it shows a young family struggling, but they never give up and they're going to be together. Yes. And that's their goal to, you know, but, but she helps people along the way. You know, and she's, she's always, um, and he, uh, one time they were, when they were all in the wagon, remember that lady there, the wagon turned over, she made him stop and yes. bury the man.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and help
1: the lady get her wagon back up and yeah. So, I mean, she was always, uh, ready to serve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's, she's amazing. It's just, it, it, what amazes me too, is the fact
0: that the communists, that, that Stalin, has tried everything to kind of dehumanize these people, you know, it's like starving them, beating them down to like where you don't have any dreams where you're just like, you would be so disoriented. Like, and the fact that they, they still have compassion, you know, they still have their, their religion. They still have all these things that Stalin tried to beat out of them. And so, you know, I think that's important too, that it's still a choice, even if your circumstances are horrible, you know, like they they chose to have faith, they chose to leave, they chose to seek freedom, and they chose to help people too so
1: and I somewhere think- along there remember when the boys would say, "Well, there's a valley, is that our valley?" and she said, "That's our valley today." Another good quote from Miss Cantor is uh finding little joys in the worst moments, mm. and I think she just embodied uh Miss Cantor had her uh little sayings that she said and you know little sayings kind of stick with you and Mm. and she when things would go bad and when they had that little scene where they're going through the battle and uh will had to had to go to the bathroom and he was like i need to go i need to go well finally they he, he just said, I'm going to just go right now. I'm going to go in my pants. And they said, no, no. And Emil's going through, and they're going at top speed. I mean, and then finally they think of the jar. And then when he's going, he goes, ah, ah like that. And it said they all started laughing. And it said, laughter was like a hot shower for the soul after a long, cold day. Oh, yeah. Isn't that a good simile? That is. And,
0: you know, I think that's why the, the gift of children, I mean, I think that's, that makes your journey a lot more difficult, but it also gives you things like that along your journey that you wouldn't have had. They, they probably wouldn't have laughed at all on their journey had it not been for the kids.
1: Oh, and, yeah. And then at one point, um, they want to take this little wagon that Emil had built for them for Christmas, and he doesn't want to take it, but he puts it on the back. And, um, and, and it's kind of a up, hassle. Yeah. It, it he has to take it down a, every time, yeah. Yeah, it's a burden. But at the end, when the, uh, they, take their, they take their wagon away from them in, in payment and their horses, which he loved the horses. So when they take that away, they have that little wagon. And the boy tells them, we can, we can, we can, we can have the think of it. But he mm-hmm. does, the little boy, because he loves the wagon. But at one point, the boys, I, I think it was Emil said, we have no home. And Adeline says, yes, we do. Our family is home. Wherever we're together is home. That's good. And she just keeps saying that over and over again.
0: And, you know, you are talking about Miss Cantor earlier, and, and Adeline would never have had her, her even her dream of the last Green Valley because she would never seen anything like that had it not been for Miss Cantor. Remember, she saw that in a book. She saw oh yeah, a picture I think it is. Of, right. Yeah, that's right. Of mm-hmm. that, and so that was where she, uh, and again, that goes back to the the value of reading and and you know being exposed to other things instead of just what's right around you, seeing the kind of looking at the world as a whole. And I, uh, I, I'm curious what the book was, but I just she just remembers seeing a picture of the Green Valley, and that was really what fueled their whole journey.
1: So and she just had that in the back of her mind that that's where they were going to go but she also lived in the present. Yes. So she would say, well this our this is our valley now. And mm-hmm. I, you know, it's and I think there was a little problem with Emil feeling like he didn't have a good self-image because at one point he says, I may only have a fifth grade education. And that really wasn't the issue but he brought it up.
0: Yeah. That's true. So, because he had to go work in the fields with his father. So he didn't get to continue his education. So that was, but when, he liked
1: it, I think. Yeah. I think he liked working with his hands. Uh, maybe not being a farmer, he liked being a builder better. But that was, there was, you know, and she was, I think, almost the perfect wife, I would think, Adeline was. But there was a point there when he didn't think she should help Miss Cantor's friend. And she never, it was not a discussion. It was not no. a discussion point. She was helping her. Yeah. She was helping her. And that was when, but I said, How many times do we do that when you're arguing with someone and then he throws in, I may only have a fifth grade education? You're going, Where did that come from? Yeah. I mean, does that have anything to do with it? As my dad used to say, What does that have to do with the price of tea in China? I was like, Well, I don't even, you know, but I said, Well, that must have been a soft spot, a sore spot. That's true.
0: And another thing I wanted to point out, too, about like, the Adeline, which I loved about her is like, she's, she has so much courage, but I think it's a different type of courage than what we think of. I think we think of courage as this big heroic event. Um, but there's a quote from, uh, Melissa Helsler that I think goes along with it. It says, courage looks like one step, two step. It looks like consistency and choice. Ooh, and I feel like yeah. that is the picture of Adeline. She, yes, it, her courage is not a quick courage. It's not a her, you know, a spontaneous courage. It is a very consistent, deliberate, deliberate, and 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 you almost think of like climbing up a hill. You can't when you're on the mountain, you can't see the top of it, you know. But you just focus on the next step. You you're climbing. That okay? Put your hand here. Put your hand. You know, going up. You can't see where you're going. And I feel like that was her that was what she was really good at. Like she kept the faith. She kept this vision of where she was going, even though she couldn't see it and just kept moving, you know, taking the next step, taking the next step. So, Mm -hmm. and that goes along with our word, uh, which is mine's for the years build and yours is centimeter. So it's, that's the, again, that whole idea of those small choices are very important. They add up, you know, just keep, Keep making those small good choices, and
1: keep keep stepping in the direction that you want to go, and eventually you'll get there. And, so. and that's kind of goes with what uh, Corporal Jorge said. You know, don't give up, keep going. Mm-hmm. Most people quit quit too quickly, but there was a. You're you're right. Is the the way the um, communists their um, regime uh, did affect. Um, emil differently than it affected uh, adeline because at one point it said he was quiet by nature but he did not miss much as a boy he learned that the key to survival under communism was to be silent do your job and not aspire to leadership of any kind Mm -hmm. and uh that's kind of what um corporal Jorge was saying you need to dream and you but he'd been told his whole life not
0: to But he still did because really he was the driving force of getting them to leave their home in Ukraine.
1: Yeah. He wanted to go West and he said he would meet her. And, uh, and then, um, you know, and we didn't even mention the cousin of um, Adeline. She really helped out when, uh, with, uh, for a while she joins the family and she's a nurse and stuff. And then she makes a choice that Adeline can't understand. And then Adeline's, puts herself in her shoes. And that's not the first time she did that. She did that with Esther, which was Miss Cantor's friend. He said, she said, we need to help, you know, we need to help her. And then with the lady whose wagon turns over, he said, she said, we need to help that poor woman. Mm-hmm. So again, she sees things. I think empathy is huge. And I think you can get empathy from literature. Uh, and it helps, that's why everybody needs to read aloud to their kids, because it helps you to see things from someone else's viewpoint. That's true. But if I had to pick one, I would of course pick Adeline as my favorite. Favorite character, of course. Yes. But if if you study Emil, he he's the most probably interesting character because he, he is uh, complex. And I think they work they really complement each other. And
0: they really bring out each other the best in each other, I feel like. And so I, I think they it, it they needed I don't know if one could have done it on their own. You know what I'm saying? I think it was a... I, and I think that was the lie that kept Emil with the cloud that you talked about, was that I have to do it all by myself. I can't trust anybody. Like, if, if I'm going to get anywhere, it's got to be on me. And that was the lie that he believed because of coming from what he saw, you know, with through communism and through the Nazis and all of that. So... But when, when he was able to break out of that lie and see the bigger picture, um,
1: you know, that's when things really started progressing well. And, you know, her sister that was kicked in the head when they parted, this is what she said, that, and we'll, we'll find each other again, won't we? And uh, Mahala That's what I called her. I don't know if that's her name, but it's kind of look like that. Uh, She said, that's in the hands of a power far greater than us, dear. Uh, Taking her in her arms, she said, but take my love with you wherever you go, and I'll take your love with me. And hopefully someday, like your friend, Mrs. Cantor, we'll be able to see the beauty in every cruelty that we had to endure, even this moment. And I'm thinking, so wow, that makes it sound like Miss Cantor even affected her sister because yeah. of Adeline quoting her all the time. Mm-hmm. And so I, I was, how how powerful can one person be? Yeah, the yeah. Well, how, ma- how many times have you always said words are powerful? You I mean you sure. say that all the time? And then one here's his description of of the Hitler's fallen capital. Uh, it says the fog was swirling and all that, and then then it says. Um, this is 10 weeks after Nazi surrender. Even many streets cleared, were cleared for traffic. Berlin remained a landscape landscape of ruin, a deeply scarred and wounded place, a charred, haunted maze where the smells of bomb soot burn chemicals and death vied for dominance. I was like, whoa, that's yeah. heavy. Yeah. I mean, it, it's just amazing that,
0: that anything can be even rebuilt after the trauma you know
1: yeah well I mean he he did diligence on his homework and he said it took him two years but I think two years to write the book I think he worked diligently yes oh yes and 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 just and he walked he
0: went through the same places and walked these places and so I I just feel like he had a really good connection with the story too you know Mm -hmm. and you you feel that through the story so
1: i think he 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 has such a story i think authors if authors have a story to tell i mean it'll come through because as our and pretty soon coming soon to a podcast near you angela duckworth's grit because we have to do it because this book is just dripping with grit so we have to do it yes i think that would be yes fabulous and that's what grit is passion plus perseverance and that's Adeline and Emile to a T. Yes,
0: absolutely. And I, I looked it up because I was just curious because he's Mark Sullivan's kind of been on this World War II kick with these two stories, and so, but he, he is working on another novel right now, and but it's about uh, a Uganda child soldier. But yeah. he still he said it's still a story about hope, um, in the face of. Uh, devastating circumstances and things like that so i'm sure that will be we'll, we'll add that to our list whenever he finishes but i'm sure it'll be great too
1: definitely because so. i mean it, it would be hard to beat the last green valley so go check yes. out go check it out by mark sullivan you will not regret it yes it's
0: a fabulous read and that's a wrap
1: on the last green valley thank you for
0: listening with us and we'll see you on the next one